Happy Thursday. You know what that means. It is podcast question day here on the Locked on Wolverines podcast, which is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your man on the ground and your host, Isaiah Hole, and the publisher of WolverinesWire.com, which is part of USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of great stuff going on over there, but we do not have time to dawdle today because we have 19 questions to get to in about 28 minutes to do it. So we are going to get right into it right now. So first question came from Daniel Giametta, who asked, why can't we have nice things? His uh, handle is at Naw Dog Naw, N-A-W-D-O-G-N-A-W. Well, you do have nice things. It's called the basketball team. I've been saying for a little while here, everyone needs to be paying way more attention to the basketball team. Not saying you don't need to pay attention to football. Football is actually still in pretty good shape despite the losses to Ohio State and Notre Dame this year. When you consider since Harbaugh took over, Michigan was 5-7 and seven the year before, lost to Rutgers in Maryland, nearly lost to UConn and Akron within Brady Hoke's tenure there. Now Michigan's destroying the teams it should destroy. It's winning against some of the teams that are toss-ups, that are the you know essentially the equals. The Wisconsin's, the Penn State's, say for one year each since Harbaugh arrived, and uh, they went ten and three. They went ten and three. Went eight and five, and no worse than ten and three now, and could be eleven and two. So you do have nice things. Unfortunately, Ohio State just has nicer things when it comes to football, but it's uh, not as bleak as it feels like it is. And, uh, all right, I segmented these a little bit, so I actually have everything in the same, <laughs> in the same type of idea. So it's not like jumping from recruiting to whatever. I actually did a little prep on the questions here. Uh, so Jason Howlett, our most frequent question asker at Howlett Jason B. Did you crystal ball me putting in a question? I absolutely did. I would, <laughs> I would have been disappointed if you didn't. And he asks, I haven't analyzed why, but Klee Hudson disappeared in several games. I think he is great, but what can he improve on to be all the way ready to go, be a high draft pick? Kalik is amazing. I just uh, wish him to succeed at the highest level. Um, now, I haven't gone back and watched a lot of the tape uh, beyond what I see on the field. Uh, honestly, I can usually get a pretty good idea of what's going on in the field. So here was my assessment, was that teams just generally went away from Kalik in a lot of ways. And Michigan wasn't asking him to rush uh, rush the uh, passer the way that they were as much a year ago. They kind of used Josh Uche in that specialized pass rush uh, at from the Sam linebacker position compared to having the Viper out there. And then when it came to him being in plays and everything, it seemed like teams went more to the to their left side than the right. So that's where I think that that could have been somewhat strategic. Ohio State certainly did it, and they went right at Devin Gill as often as possible, um, so, to which I say, poor damn Devin Gill. I think Devin Gill's an emerging player, but I think that that was, I think they've strategically kind of gone away in some ways from Kalik. You can't really scheme to get away from from Chase that much because you, if you do that, you go to Rashawn, you, so you kind of more go away from Rashawn and scheme to essentially say, all right, we'll take our chances with Chase. And you can't scheme at all to get away from Devin Bush. 
because they put him everywhere. Um, and that's kind of what they did with Kalik before, but they didn't really do it as much this year. But I just didn't see teams attacking their strong side as often as you would think. That's my initial thought. I could be wrong, but I, that's what I've seen personally. Um, I'll have to go back and look, to be honest. Triple A zero three two three has the confusing Twitter handle of Triple A eleven zero nine four. Excuse my dog there barking in the background. Nothing I can seem to do to stop that. <laughs> he asked, "Is Gentry definitely leaving for the NFL this year? If Levert and David Long leave early, uh, please offer your prediction for starting secondary in twenty nineteen." Oh, I haven't heard anything about Gentry leaving early. Maybe that's just me not having my ear to the ground, to which I have not had my ear to the ground as far as as closely as I have the last couple of years. The last couple of years, I knew everything that was going on in the Michigan program. I will admit very openly and freely that not as much this year because it just doesn't seem like it was worth the work to necessarily just kind of, you know, make sure that I knew every single thing that was happening in the program. So with that being said, I I haven't heard anything about Gentry leaving for the NFL. Could he? Sure. Uh, but I would imagine he'd be back. That's everything I've heard has indicated that he'll be back. Now, David Long and Levert Hill, that could be a different story. I haven't heard anything either way, but I would consider both of those toss-ups, like you said. Prediction for a starting secondary as far as cornerbacks go. Well, Ambry Thomas would be your clear-cut guy in one sense, obviously. And then it would just be a, a big question of, I would think they'd want Benjamin St. Juiced to be back there. But and he hasn't played football for a year because he's been dealing with his hamstring injury. And he's been out for the year. But he's still definitely with the program. He's definitely still a guy that they like. Behind him... Vincent Gray would be the next option, I think, because he's the only other guy that got playing time of the true freshman. I mean, you have the the you have Miles Sims and uh, I'd never remember which green twin it is. That's the corner. So it's uh, I, I would if I were to guess, I would still say it would be Thomas and St. Juiced. And then as far as the safeties, uh, you've got Josh Metellus in one place. And then it's, I want to say Jameric Woods or Jalen Kelly Powell, but there would also be, I, I, you know, if I was to guess, I would probably, or I guess Brad Hawkins, Brad Hawkins has played both safety spots. They're, they're going to look a lot better at safety next year, especially with Dax Hill and everything like that. I'm spending way too long on this. We have way too many questions to get to. So my apologies that I can't flesh this out even more. Uh, we're going to move on to some recruiting questions uh, with Urban's departure. Sorry, that's Famine at Famine one with Urban's departure. Does this level the recruiting playing field for Michigan? We all know Urban was never going to be out recruited by Harbaugh, but if OSU stumbles in 2019, could the tide turn in our way? Uh, I definitely think it could because here's the thing. Ohio state is set up to succeed right now with no matter who's there, but it is up to Ryan day to do it. And Ryan Day is not Urban Meyer. So he might have learned from Urban Meyer, but when he gets out there and he has to be his own guy without the safety net of having Urban Meyer back there, we will see. It is definitely an area of opportunity. There's uh, 
you can't say he never was going to get out recruited by Harbaugh because I think you're going to see a higher recruiting class this year in 2019. But it's, it, I think it just, at least it opens up the possibility because, you know, Ryan Day could be worse. He could be better. We don't know. Urban seemed to rely a lot on stars and things like that. Harbaugh relies on a lot more evaluations. So it definitely could turn the tide. Now, if Ryan Day trusts a little bit more evaluations to go along with stars or straight evaluations, it could be different. Because I think, in a way, weirdly, that was a weakness. As much as Ohio State brought in a lot of really, really good athletes, a lot of times think you know, they had guys that didn't fit their system as much because he relied way too much on the recruiting services. So uh, I definitely think there is an area of opportunity across the board for Jim Harbaugh with Urban being gone. Deb at Dr. Deb 2255. Any ideas who about who still might be committing? Who will go for the early dates? Any chance that Jim Harbaugh is, well, is going to try to consider getting Jed Fish back? I know that's we venture out of recruiting for a minute. Uh, yeah, I do have ideas of who is going to be committing, but I can't tell you uh, because I can't ruin kids' moments. Uh, who will go for the early dates? And this is something that I don't know personally. Uh, I have talked to my colleague, Steve Lorenz, over at 24-7 Sports, uh, my ex-teammate. And uh, I, I will say that he said he expects a lot of the guys to uh, for the 2019 class to sign early. There's a handful that won't for various reasons, but most should. Um, I will try to get back to you on that as far as in the form of an article. Uh, we got that day coming up. Uh, in 13 days, early signing day. So obviously we're going to be on that, but I've kind of held off slash deferred to Evan Petzold for that. Um, and as, to answer your question, any chance Jim Harbaugh will try to consider trying to get Jed Fish back. We will get into that in just a moment after the break, but we're going to continue some of these recruiting questions. Robert Williams at hard hitter 573. Any new developments with top recruits such as Arison? Um, well, Nothing new as far as the guys for 2019. Uh, I know there's a couple 2020 guys that have put Michigan in their top fives or top tens, and you can check all that out on wolverineswire.com. Uh, Evan Petzold put together a couple things over the course of the last few days there. Uh, but as far as like Harrison, Harrison is kind of in a wait. We're in a wait and see moment there, especially with Urban gone. And I mentioned this on the podcast a couple days ago, is that that's a, there is definitely an area of opportunity for Ohio State to at least try to get back into it. I think it's a little too late anyway, but uh, that would be the newest development is Urban being gone, and if that affects Harrison's choice at all. But uh, I personally think it's too far gone, but when I asked some people that are in the know of the th of all of this, they basically said, we don't know. Uh, as far as everyone else that is included in there, I I haven't heard... Anything to suggest uh, any new intel on guys like Kovaris Crouch? Or uh, I do believe that Kyle Ford still is planning on trying to come out this way. I know Cornelius Johnson is going to for an official visit next weekend. So we'll see. We're just kind of in a, in a weird limbo type period with some of the top guys. Brett Allen. At Brett Allen 28, how many more spots do you believe we have in a recruiting and who fills them in your honest opinion? Uh, well, obviously, like I 
I, I'll, I'll put this out there. I'm never going to just be like, yeah, I think we get this. I think we get this. We think we get this. Aside from like how I'm doing with Zach Harrison, who I do so will believe will be part of this class until I hear otherwise. Um, as far as spots, that's something I've never paid attention to. And that was something I learned one during my time at 24 seven sports with Steve was there's so flu- things are so fluid. There's going to be attrition both in the class of that they're bringing in um, from the team, you know, guys that decide that they're, you know, going to try their hand elsewhere, guys that have, you know, fourth years or fifth years after they've already graduated and weren't getting enough playing time, things of that nature. It happens every year. So I do not pay any attention to the how many spots are there because they, I don't think they really do as much as people think. They don't sit there and say, all right, we got three spots and we want to fill it with five guys. How are we going to make this happen? Because it's going to work itself out. It always does. And I know that's how they approach it. It's going to work itself out. So they don't have to worry about oversigning because it will find a way to kind of, you know, work its way to the mean. And as far as I know, that's how Michigan approaches it as well. All right. You don't want to watch uh, college football, college basketball. You need to watch it. Sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to see your team win? Well, Sling TV is the best way to watch college football and basketball. $30 a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. Stream to your big screen and to all of your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV that you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get your seven-day free trial. Lockdown Wolverines listeners can get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash lockdown. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash lockdown. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Next, uh, getting back to your questions, this whole segment here has to do with your disdain for the way things are going in coaching and play calling. So hopefully we don't double up too much. And uh, don't be surprised. You're going to hear some pushback coming from this end. Because I've talked about it already. But uh, here we go. Steven, at Mr. Daryl, 1980. Do you believe Coach Harbaugh finally relinquishes play calling duties for the betterment of the team? Simple answer. No. He never has done it a different way. And I don't believe he will. And... It's not that he calls all the plays. He says what kind of play he wants, run or pass, and then he defers to his play callers. They call a play, and then he says yes or no. That's how that's how it goes for the most part. And that's how he has always done it. So that leads me to the next thing. Eric Wood asks E. Wood, 0529, do you see Pep Hamilton being on staff next season? I do. He didn't get the Maryland job. That went to Mike Loxley. And I think that people 
are way too upset at Pep Hamilton because the arguments that people have, if anything, it tends to center around the run game, which Ed Warner is the offensive uh, line coach, but in a way he's, I don't think he has the actual title run game coordinator, but he would be the guy that would essentially have that role. And he's done an amazing job as far as most of it when it comes to that, but it hasn't, it's been at the same time, it's been predictable on first downs, which again, that's Harbaugh's call in the end. We want to run. All right. We were going to call a dive play. All right, cool. But he's obviously been phenomenal as far as how he's done with the offensive line. Now the pass game, you can argue that Michigan should be passing more, but that's not on Pep Hamilton. Pep Hamilton is called upon when it comes to what they call when they do pass the ball. And I think he's done a phenomenal job. You look at how how much better the quarterbacks have been. I know you have better talent there than you had a year ago, but it's been way more creative in general. Uh, there have been some plays that have been like, wow, compared to last year. So, yeah, I do think he'll be back because I think Pep Hamilton gets a lot of static that he doesn't deserve. I think that the play calling can be very predictable on the run side. We all see it coming. I've complained about it myself privately on the sidelines against Michigan State. I knew what was coming just as much as anyone else did. Same thing against Ohio State. Pass game, I never found that to be predictable. I thought they were really, really interesting there. So to that same note, go blue gal 13 at go blue gal 13 asked, who do you think would be a good offensive coordinator hire? Well, it's kind of irrelevant because they're not going to hire an offensive coordinator. Unless Pep gets a head coaching job or actual offensive coordinator role somewhere else. I don't believe that they're going to hire an offensive coordinator. Jim Harbaugh is still your offensive coordinator. Even when Tim Drevno had that title, it was still Jim Harbaugh. Tim Drevno really more so had control. Same deal as Warner, is the run game. Problem was, is the offensive line and the run game and the protections were all terrible. The run game wasn't terrible, but everything else was. So that was an issue. Go Blue at Papa T-Man asks, what does Harbaugh need to do to expand the offense? And then he asks who will play in the center early, which we already kind of got into that. Um, uh, I will say Michigan signs, what? 28, 29. I expect uh, at least 20 of those. I think like 24 of those probably will sign early. They're going to lock up that class pretty quickly. Uh, and what does Harbaugh need to do to expand the offense? In my opinion, he just needs to... He needs to be more dynamic with some of the run calls because diving up the middle seems to be one of the things that they tend to do a lot. And I understand they're trying to run not necessarily a power run game because they they run a zone blocking scheme most of the time, like 75% of the time. But uh, I, I would say try to, you know, when you have guys that are fast, or guys that are shifty, like Chris Evans, attack the perimeter a lot more than they do because they can turn those corners. And they like to try to use those jet sweep type scenarios. And 
but they they do it sparingly and you know it's coming. I say that they should try to find ways to attack the perimeters as far as that that's concerned in the run game. Otherwise, I do think that they should pass more because you've got you've got Shea Patterson who has already proven while he was at Ole Miss running an air raid type offense that he can pass the ball all over the field. And then you've got a bunch of dynamic receivers. So use them. I would I would be surprised if next year they didn't change the philosophy a bit. I think this year they just kind of wanted to get, you know, get Donovan Peoples-Jones, get uh, Nico Collins, get their feet wet a little bit. Whereas next year, I think that they'll pass the ball a lot more, especially if Shea comes back because he'll have a, had a year under the system. Uh, and I think that that will behoove them, which leads to the next question. Rugby for life at Boomer 10, 13, 15. Do you think the staff actually trust Shea at six games under 200 yards, three under 150? I know they ran a lot, but in today's game, that's weak. Didn't have a wide receiver over 40 catches. Felt like everyone on O is being turned into a game manager instead of letting players make plays. Uh, I think that's when you look at the games that are under 200 yards and the ones that are under 150, they just had, didn't need to pass, right? Like, uh, I didn't look at this beforehand, and I know I'm running short on time if I'm going to get to everybody's questions, and I don't want to have to cut everybody off, but... Uh, if I can trust on old reliable internet here, which doesn't seem like I can, <laughs> it's there was some of those games I know, like Wisconsin, they didn't uh, they didn't pass for a ton because they ran for nearly 400 yards. So, like in a game like that, you don't need to you don't need to pass for a ton. So that was the case with Wisconsin, Penn State, same kind of deal. They came out running, and they, I mean, when you're winning 42 to seven and you only have 144 yards passing, then cool, right? Same thing, Western Michigan, 143 yards passing. Northwestern was maybe a different deal, but they came out starting trying to pass the ball, and it just didn't work. So that's an outlier. But otherwise, like, look at the scores, and then look at how many pass yards they have. Like, if they have 40, you know, if they have 40 points or, or so, or, you know, 38 or 42 or whatever, and under 150 yards passing, then who cares? I, I I don't. They don't look at those scores and say like, "Oh man, we scored like you know, we scored 56 points against Nebraska, but we only passed the ball for 206 yards. We'd like to. Uh, we wish that we would have done it for 300 and gotten that 56 points. I mean, they are looking for balance, but that's aside from the point there. Um. All right, Carl Anderson at C Anderson eight twenty one. Do you think McElwain will be replaced by a Pep uh, with a Pep Hamilton type who gives helps give him put up the offense or a Jay Harbaugh type that mainly recruits and coaches the position? Um, I would, I would guess more towards the former than the latter. But uh, then again, Ben McDaniel's was out uh, recruiting with uh, went to see Mike Sainer still with Jim Harbaugh, so I would guess that uh, maybe it, it could be a little bit more of the the recruiting version. Um, that would be, I guess that's up in the air. I have no idea what they're going to end up doing with that position. None. So stay tuned to that. Trevor at Texas more or TX Mulready. I know it's BS, but what would Michigan's contingency plan be if Jim Harbaugh decided to leave? Um, I'm sure Ward has a list of people that he would trust that he could bring in. Um, I'm sure that, some there's some people that are already on the staff that would get a look. I don't know that any of them would get it. Um, I'm sure guys like Jed Fish would get a look. 
Um, I'm, the thing is, when you're an athletic director, you have already have always have a list of potential contingency plans should something happen to your head coach. So I don't know who it would be, to be honest, because really there's they're not looking to move on from Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh is not looking to move on. So there's that. Running super short on time now. So is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcast. Our demographic is 98% male and has more education and earns more than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast. Email me at LockedOnWolverines at gmail.com. All right, we got five questions and four minutes to do it. All right. MCO at MCO, M-C-O-E, 527. Why didn't Harbaugh ever put Black, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Collins on the field at the same time against Ohio State? Um, I swore that I had seen that once or twice, but again, I didn't re- re-watch the game. I'm just seeing it out there. I, I'm not really sure sometimes why why they don't threaten with some of their personnel packages that they have. Um, I do think, like they mentioned with uh, Tariq Black, they are still trying to slowly kind of acclimate him and putting him in roles where he's not going to cut a certain way and hurt his foot any further. So that could be why, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, I think that they should have probably, and I'm sure you'll see it in the bowl game because he should be 100%, I would assume, by then, or at least close. I know when I broke my foot, it took me about a year before I had no pain left in my foot, even after it was healed. But I'm sure he'll be close because he had it surgically repaired. Andy, Andy Kunkler at Kunks Jr. Or better yet, why was McCurry playing with in the game with uh, with the game in doubt in uh, the third quarter? Because they trust Jake McCurry. I know people. I don't. I didn't like the play and everything. And I understand. Like, yeah, get your playmakers out there, or whatever. But I mean, that play ended up working for the sake of he got interfered with and they got a first down off of it. I don't have a problem with that. If they think that they have something where they can expose people and that if that might, means putting in an underutilized player, by all means, that's fine. I mean, people say you want to see creativity and they felt and the game felt uncreative. To me, that's an actual sign of some creativity is putting in a guy who has a touchdown on the season. I know it was in garbage time. But he's a guy that was – I've been telling people that they really love him. He's the scout team player of the year. He's the guy that when I checked in with uh, people close to the Michigan side of things in the offseason, came back from multiple people saying that he was the guy to look out for. Uh, I don't understand the complaint, personally. AJ Katharopoulos. Katharopoulos, I hope I have that right. AJK4UM. Who's the next pass game coordinator? Uh, I probably should have put that up in the other thing with the coaching stuff. What about Matt Canada? How did it really effing happen that OSU played their best in game of the year against us and we couldn't get out of our own way, making all kinds of dumb mistakes on the same day? Was it their 365-day focus on the game? Uh, yeah, a lot of it was their 365-day focus on the game. Now, Michigan does pay more attention to Ohio State than Harbaugh leads on, but at the same time, I do think that they focus it game by game. Uh, really, truly, honestly, and Ohio State doesn't. I think Ohio State is willing, as my best friend put it, mortgage the future uh, to win the game. Like the Maryland game, they spent apparently a half hour watching Maryland tape and two and a half hours watching Michigan tape. So they do need to work on that. As far as past game coordinator, 
I mean, Pat Hamilton's still with the staff. I don't see him going anywhere unless it's of his own volition. But we'll see after the bowl game. Maybe maybe Harbaugh will want a change. But at the same time, I don't think you want a change. You finally got some consistency. And look at how much better this year was compared to last year. And that's it's partially talent. It's partially consistency. So you don't really want to move on from that. Um, so I would say it's because, you know, you look at like, okay, they're bringing these many pe- people back. If you change systems, you're starting at square one again. So... I, I just don't think that there's a reason to do that. Uh, I have 30 seconds left. And I'm going to try to get to two questions at the same time. Postseason season stuff. Matthew Romain at Zilla 2012. Or sorry, 2-1-2. If the Big Ten changes the playoff format, what do the Big 12? Uh, to what the Big 12 does, should Michigan consider changing the OSU game to earlier in the season versus the last game of the year? Absolutely not. They have to play twice in a row, so be it. But no, do not change that uh, tradition at all. And... Another frequent question asker to end us up, James Crudup at James Crudup 6. What are your thoughts on the non-playoff bowl games? Do you feel like teams should go all out for a win regardless or use it as an opportunity to see younger players in live action? I think a little bit of both to some degree, but it depends on who your opponent is and what bowl game it is. If it's a New York Six Bowl, I think you should try to win the game, but I don't necessarily think all out for a win is the case because when it comes to the guys that are going to go to the NFL, I think they should be preserved in general, as best as they can. If they want to play heavy minutes, like I'm sure Chase Winovich will, let them do that. But if you have guys that are like, you know what, I want to play, but I don't want to get injured, then, you know, perfect time to see what you got at the next point. Because it's, it is meaningful in the sense of getting that extra win and saying that you beat whoever, but it is meaningless when it comes to outgoing for outgoing players who could get hurt and damage their future career. So that's what I'm saying. We are over time. I'm going to get yelled at, <laughs> but for the lockdown Wolverines podcast, I am your man on the ground. Isaiah hole. You can find me online at Isaiah hole, follow the podcast at on Wolverines or Wolverines wire at Wolverines wire. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at lockdown Wolverines at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast or online at Wolverines where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.